0: Hello, my name is Dwayne McCrary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and today I'm being joined by G.B. Howe. G.B. is the content editor for Biblical Illustrator. Uh, G.B., can you tell us maybe some information about Biblical Illustrator and where we could find more information about Biblical Illustrator?
1: Sure. Thanks, Dwayne. Biblical Illustrator is a quarterly magazine. It's been production about 40 years and it provides background information for our weekly Bible study lessons. We discuss topics such as biblical archaeology and geography and history and people. We do some Greek and Hebrew word studies. It's really for the in in-depth Bible study.
0: And it has photos that illustrate that's why illustrator is <laughs> that's part right. of the title.
1: Yes, yes. About half the uh, real estate of the page is words and the other half is images. So I like to say we are truly biblical. Illustrator. Okay. You can find more information on LifeWay.com slash biblical illustrator.
0: Well, good. Can you believe it's already Christmas? <laughs> I cannot believe um, it. This Sunday we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 and Numbers 21 verses 6 through 9. There is a connection between Matthew and Numbers. We're going to talk more about that here in these next few moments. Matthew 1, chapter uh, chapter 1, verses 28 through 23, we begin by looking at Joseph and Mary, they're engaged, um, and Joseph discovers that she's pregnant. Now, Joseph's considering what to do, and an angel appears to him in a dream. Uh, This angel tells Joseph to take Mary as his wife because the child was supernaturally conceived and was to be named Jesus. He also tells Joseph that the child would save his people from sin. Matthew explains that the birth was part of God's redemptive plan and quotes Isaiah 7, 14. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, In verses 24 through 25 of Matthew 1, Joseph follows the directions given by the angel. He marries Mary, and they name the child Jesus. Um, They wait to consummate the marriage uh, after he's born, and and Matthew makes that point, so it it removes all doubt um, about Jesus' conception. Now, in this passage in this study we're then going to go back and look at numbers chapter 21 a little bit of background there the israelites complained about their journey so god sent poisonous snakes as judgment the people realized their sin and asked moses to pray on their behalf that god would remove the snakes instead of removing the snakes what god did was he directed moses to place a bronze snake on a pole so that whoever was bitten could turn to the bronze snake to recover. Jesus is going to point to that event uh, in the life of Israel when he's talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. It serves as as a foreshadowing of his atoning death on the cross, and it points to the purpose of Jesus. So, GB, there's all kinds of things for us to deal with in this study. Uh, Let's begin with the idea of the virgin birth. Why is that so important for us? Wow, what a great question. Hard, that's a loaded question. It I is, know. and
1: how long do we have? That's that's <laughs> the other question. Um, it, it, this is one of the key foundational theological points of Christendom, uh, that Jesus was born of Mary, who was a virgin, supernaturally conceived by the Holy Spirit. And, and it, you know, there are a lot of reasons we could talk about about, about why that matters or why that's important. Uh, I mean, the most simplistic answer is, you know, because the Bible tells me so. And so it's important to believe it, yes, because the Bible does say that. It it does affirm that uh, Jesus was born of Mary, conceived of the Holy Spirit supernaturally. Uh, some deny the virgin birth altogether. Um, they discount the validity of Scripture. They say that People in that day were naive and uneducated and easily deluded and carry off into mythological thoughts, and that's what this is about. But that's not the truth. So it just doesn't make biological sense. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it, and it doesn't. It from a biological standpoint, we're talking about a supernatural birth. Um, and, and part of the reason it matters is because it affirms Jesus' divinity. Um, he was not born of the will of man, but of God. Uh, John says in his gospel that Jesus is the Word that became flesh. And 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 that is true. In him dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Paul wrote uh, to the church of Colossae. This was not just an ordinary human being. Jesus was fully divine. It also affirms Jesus' eternal nature. You remember at Caesarea Philippi, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Uh, Peter said, you're the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God, not the son of Joseph, not the son of a, of a Of a prophet or a rabbi, you're the son of the living God. And so part of what that affirms is that salvation is always God's initiative. It was not because of an action between two mortal human beings that Jesus was born. It was God's initiative and salvation is always God's initiative. We can't earn His salvation. It's always His
0: gift of grace. Jesus didn't become the Messiah he was the Messiah even prior to his birth.
1: The Alpha and the Omega.
0: Which is important when you think about reading the book of Revelation. What does that mean? Absolutely. It's uh, in there three times. Yeah. Uh, what's the significance of the name to be given to this son that, that the, the angel tells Joseph to name him?
1: It, it is significant. Uh, you can go through and you can easily find that Joseph says, we're going to name the baby Jesus because that's what the angel had said on the eighth day, sure enough. Uh, he receives the name Jesus. You look it up and it uh, it says that, that translated it means uh, Jesus means God is salvation. It's an affirmation that God brings salvation. It's the same name, by the way, Yeshua is how it would be pronounced, as Joshua in the Old Testament. It was a common name, but there was something that set Jesus apart, and that is that in him, his name, that there is life in that that there is salvation in no other name except the name of Jesus. Part of what we affirm is that Jesus is our means of salvation. Salvation comes only through him. That name also can carry with the idea that God rescues, and he does. It, it, It affirms that he is actively involved in our salvation. He's not sitting idly by in the heavens. He is actively involved rescuing us from sin and bringing us to salvation. It's a full
0: circle of what his day means. So to rescue someone, you've got to be there with. Got to be there. Which kind of brings up the 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 quote of Isaiah seven fourteen. Exactly. Um, it's it's quoted here in Matthew. Uh, this term uh, Emmanuel. Uh, it's only used three times. Twice in Isaiah and here in Matthew. Right. Uh, so how can we understand this passage in Isaiah a little bit better? Well, we can look
1: at it historically. Uh, there's a historical context that is given this whole chapter. Uh, Isaiah 7 refers to a time in Israel's history. It, it's a time when uh, the king Ahaz is scared because he is watching this coalition of kings come together and they have sieged, besieged Jerusalem. And he says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. God, I need you to do something, and Isaiah becomes God's spokesman and says that God is going to actively involve. God is going to actively bring rescue to His people, and that's exactly what He does. The uh, First Kings, I'm sorry, Second Second Kings, chapters fifteen and sixteen, uh, tell about how these two kings, the king of Israel, the king of Syria, that is King Pekah and King Rezin. Um, how they were assassinated. And so, and that, that comes about as a fulfillment of the promise that Isaiah made. God was with them and rescued them from a pending threat. And, and that is exactly what God has done for us in Christ. He has rescued us from sin, which is the ultimate enemy. Um, and He does that by coming in our midst.
0: We see the birth of Jesus. That's, that's here, or that's presented, which, was, which is what we would expect to study on the Sunday prior to Christmas, the Matthew passage. In this particular study, we then focus, we move back to Numbers, which is what we've been studying this month, and we look at this passage in Numbers 21 uh, with the, 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 the snake in the desert. Mm. Um, it points to the purpose of Jesus, like we said earlier, but how does studying the Old Testament help us understand how, to, how help us understand today um, the the this this idea of a redeemer of someone uh, rescuing us of looking to a snake on a on a piece of stick i mean how, how do we how do we understand that in the context of what we're studying on christmas sunday
1: well, you have to go back and look at the story behind that. Like you mentioned in Numbers chapter 21, the children of Israel start complaining, why have you brought us out here to die? There's no food, there's no bread, there's no water. You brought us out here to die. Uh, the Lord hears their complaint, sends snakes through the camp, uh, and the children of Israel start dying when the snakes bite them. And Moses goes and says, Lord, I'm interceding in their behalf. And God does an unusual thing. It's the exact opposite of what you think you would do. Instead of Going out and killing the snakes instead, he says, "Okay, Moses, I want you to actually construct a snake and hold it up on this on this pole." And that's what he does. It, it, and the reason this matters is because the very thing, the very thing that was causing them death becomes that which um, brings them life, and that is that snake raised on the pole. And you think about what happens when you look at the life of Christ. Jesus lived a perfect life. And the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that he might make us the children of God. And so that very thing that had been causing them death, that snake, those snakes becomes the thing that they look to for life. And it's a reminder of that's exactly what has happened for us in Christ. Sin is, as I said a while ago, is our ultimate enemy and what Jesus did is he became sin for us and hung on that cross. It, and understanding the Old Testament story gives a depth, Duane, to the New Testament as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he talks about the, as Moses lifted up in the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And that's exactly what happened on that cross. He was lifted up. We looked to him for our salvation. It's an echo right back to his name that uh, God saves, that he rescues, and that's exactly what we have in Christ. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because of what Christ has done for
0: us. Yeah, that particular story reminds us that salvation is available only by turning to faith and turning into Jesus in faith. Absolutely. There's no other way. When, when the snake bit them in the, in the, the desert, um, this, this turning to this snake was an act of faith. Here's what God said to do. You either do it or die. Uh, and then when it comes to our salvation, here's what the salvation is that, that, that's provided for us through faith in Christ. Sure. You either express express faith in Christ or you face eternal death. That's it. That's the choice. Um, and, and so it's really, you see some interesting parallels there. Uh, the reason this is connected to uh, and studied on this this Christmas is to remind us of the purpose of Jesus coming in the first place. So many times at Christmas, we we focus on this baby being born and we forget this baby grew up, mm. would eventually be put on a cross, mm. um, would be mocked, would be mistreated, would be beaten, um, and would eventually die on that cross because of our sin and because of our rebellion, and then his death gives us the way, the only way, for us to have healing from our own rebellion mm. uh, and sin and therefore opens the door for us to have a restored relationship with our Creator.
1: It's exciting news, I tell you. This is a great lesson. I'm I mean, looking you're, forward to it. You're pulling together some of the great theological truths from that the, the, the roots are in the Old Testament and they've blossomed in the New.
0: Is there any other things that you would share about this particular study that you would think would be important for them, the, 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 us to know?
1: I, I don't know if it's important. To me, it's interesting. I mean, we were in Israel a few years ago, and we're at the Eretz Museum, which is in Tel Aviv. And the area where this occurred, where Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, that is in the region today that is in the south, um, in the land of Edom. And interestingly enough, that at the Eretz Museum, they have discovered from southern Israel a uh, whole bunch. I know that's a real technical term. Yep. I hate using those. Lots types, of. Lots of mm-hmm. um, little metallic snakes, about as long as your hand flat. And, and, and it was from Timnah. And Timnah, there was this temple that was set up for the goddess Hathor, who is Egyptian uh, goddess, and her symbol was the snake. So people were used to seeing the snakes in relation to this false, uh, idolatrous worship. And here we have a genuine expression of life in this snake. Moses raised up in the wilderness, Christ on the cross. It, it is God's ultimate, genuine ideal for our salvation.
0: To me, that's interesting news. Yeah, And Timna is is associated with this particular event. It is, it is. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining us today, GB. Thank you all for allowing us to share with you some of these insights. We'll be praying for you this Sunday as you teach this lesson. It also gives us an opportunity to share the gospel on Christmas Day or Christmas lesson as we uh, focus on not just the birth of Christ, but the fact that Christ came on purpose and that was to provide salvation for His people. Thank you much, and God bless.